Art and Bold Fit Podcast. Art and Bold Fit Podcast. You are now rocking with the best. Art and Bold Fit Podcast. What's cracking with it, fam? We are here, episode 80, actually episode 80, y'all, of the Art MBS Podcast, the podcast by artists for artists and art lovers. I am your host from the West Coast, broadcasting from the slums of Fresno, California, Cultural Arts District. Who it be? James Drills, that be me. What's cracking, y'all? We are here for another episode, bringing it in. Um... Yeah, let's get some housekeeping out the way because that's what we do. Shout outs to the cats over on Spotify. Yo, man, keep that cooking. We'll see you at the end of the year. Cats over on Apple. Hit that review. Leave that five-star boy. You know we battling all them cats trying to get up to the top of them visual arts categories and all of that good stuff. Listeners on the web and all the miscellaneous apps. We see you. We appreciate the support. Four niggas over on Patreon. Stay six feet apart. Wash your hands before and after you hit that. Cover your mouth before you sneeze and after you cough. Yeah, man. We back here. So, you know what's up. We still got books for sale. You guys interested in some merch, hit up the, um, what's that thing called? The Teespring. We got shirts on there. We got coffee cups. You want some socks? You want, you know, all types of stuff on there. Uh, books, paintings, Teesprings, yeah, all that good stuff. You know the products. On to the plugs. You need some labels, some vinyl to put your artwork on so you can slang that odd. You're trying to get a mural put on the interior or something, and you just want to get it uploaded and then just bang, bang, bang. You know what I'm saying? You just go in, put it up, and then bounce out. Hit up Wild Style Signs. They got you on Instagram at Wild Style Signs. On the web, wildstylesigns.com. Tell Danny Gamble James sent you. And yo, man, you know what's up. The Vatican Custom Framery. Hit up Nigel. He'll take care of it. But man, I don't know, man. We was over there. Uh, I was actually just playing Jingo with that dude. And uh, yeah, man, shit's popping. So that is all, it's crazy because stuff is always changing, you guys. And uh, yeah, man, so I got I to gotta hold my announcements before I get clearance on on dropping new new stuff. But yeah, we are here, episode 80. So um yeah, Landslide of Ladies, episode 80, you know what I'm saying, two drops in a week, three maybe, I don't know. We've been kicking it in lately. Yeah, so we got one of my old school homies from Broadway Studios who, yeah, you know what I'm saying, we getting it in. But you know what, before we get to all of that. You saw me just get out of the whip. I mean, it, I mean, we here. Ill nigga alert, ill nigga alert. Hey. Yeah, man, it's been a journey. We appreciate you guys coming out. First time listeners, um, thank you. And uh, yeah, man, just chill, pop your feet up. And uh, returning family members, you guys know what's up. The leftovers are in the fridge. Make sure you leave my lighter because y'all like to take my joints. And uh, yeah, man, it's all love. So we keep keep it cracking and we're gonna move on to the next segment of this which y'all seem to love so let's get some music right and uh yeah man play some stuff that's fitting for our guests so let's get this popping wait art and bold fit podcast art and bold fit podcast Art and 
most poppin' nine to fivers. Where you at? Keep the mirror pods in so your boss ain't trippin'. Entrepreneurs keep that schedule filled. You know it's really happening. I said I love you, baby, but you don't act like it. Squeeze my feet, kiss my neck, rub my back like it. And on the phone, it's just you gon' hit me back right quick. First we was straight, now it feel like we jackknifing. Kamikaze love, self-destructive patterns, Mercury and retrograde for a house of Saturn. Nothing makes me Saturday. Hailing cabs alone, going home on a Saturday. Bumping Donnie Hathaway, questioning my choices. Thinking about marriage, carriage, and horses. A man on the hectare of land like a fortress. I hope you understand me, though. I'm cold like New York. My heart is warm like Miami. I'm just trying to build a kingdom for my people and my family. Sometimes I don't know what to say. The pain never stops. The cloud never goes away. The rain never drops. It's a luxury. I'm grateful that a mustard seed of fate is enough to be. Enough to move a mountain. A pen is an artery. My heart is a fountain. You find yourselves equals. Alright, let's see if we can do this right, y'all. Let's see if we can do this right. Yo. This goes for my brothers and sisters locked down. For my people incarcerated. Roll with me. Make it. Yo. In the housing. Thousands see early graves. Victims of worldly ways, memory stays engraved. All my live brothers is locked down with high numbers. The young hunger blind to these lives, they die younger in this new world. The water slaughter men, children, ten feet gates surround the building, keep us yeah, sealed. The project, life was like a Vietnam vet. Constant war, seven threats of Shout enemy conquest. Shouts all the artists out there. What's up with the podcast, family? What y'all on, man? We're cranking out episodes. We hear these things came by episodes. Really cracking. Game bring, I did the same thing. Spaced out in the staircase, performing a sting. It's hard to keep control. I bless those who seek a scroll, trying to reach a whole nation and break the sleeper hole. Not a role model, I walk a hard road to follow. I saw bottles of sorrow, then chose poems and novels. The gospel was told some souls to swallow whole, mentally they fold, and they eventually sold the life and times. Deadly like the virus designed, but too minute to dilute the scientist's mind. You can't party your life away, drink your life away, smoke your life away. Your life away, dream your life right. away, scheme your life away, cause your seeds grow up the same way. Stop playing and taking a stash on us. Turn me up. Hey yo, Indian head. Jerry, get them donuts, you all are cup of cards Just spank and brace the rock and Asics Trick bands and ghosts to break granite Big bodies, where you at? My whole link, slapping up 50 scramblers Niggas said the two was classic A lot of crackers in the game, yo But your shit is the only lasting Crane rap, militant flow Combination with Swahili and dope Guarantee we does that In the beats like pizzas All I know is deep and street stuff Stay fly, moving in fleece, what? Traveling the continents with confidence Cuban links through the coming Don't know when, but the time is running. Art and podcast. Yeah. Often imitated. Never duplicated. It's the kid running. with the distinctive voice. You know what I mean? It's the choice. Freestyle, you want it from ghost to throw cream on. Art and bullshit podcast. Suited up, smell like Fahrenheit with jeans on night. The white side of wedding. Come and get your bling on next winter. We in a long cabin. Small baggage, more savage. Central Park killers. Daddy who's more savage. Art and bullshit podcast. You read the papers, podcast. more horrors like Amityville. My niggas with the dirty tie, where you at, man? 
be sipping some with three shots of poppin'. Get that macchiato and crack it for me, man. What's up? What's up? What's up? San Francisco was popping Bay Area stand up Cali we here. Yo, yo, look, where I'm from is far from the birds, seen crosswalk curve. Labels never saw what I'm worth, but I thought I was hurt. Close them out. They jumped back and now they want me, they call them to work. Yo, 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 look, where I'm from is far from the birds, seen crosswalk curve. Labels never saw what I'm worth, niggas thought I was hurt. They double back and now they want me, they call them to work. But I'm bougie now, so if I pick up, I'm charging a verse. I was just a tall little nerd, training broad with a perm. Grew into a boss who could merge and made water from dirt. Don't talk that tough shit online like you're talking in person. I told that nigga what I'm worth and he thought I was flirting Real shit, if it's beef I'm never high And when it's time I don't care if it's fight still dying by my night I tell him fuck the bullshit cause I've been on the grind Stay low and I kept my mood silent as a mind Yeah, I got a nigga that's gonna shoot on my bleep I stay ready bitch, my trigger finger moving my sleep Yeah, the shit I spit is visionary My word shot killer nigga uses a bitch away for merch drops Yeah, let's close it out Art and bullshit podcast Art and Let's get podcast. to the episode, close it out. You know how we roll. So yeah, man. Enjoy. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Yo, yo, yo. We're back for another episode of the Art and BS Podcast, the podcast by artists for artists and art lovers. Man, it's was this episode 80? Man, we here broadcasting from the slums of Fresno, California, the cultural arts district. We out here, Broadway Studios, y'all. So yeah, if you read the flyer, which you probably did because that's why you here, you click the episode, you're trying to tap back in, you will know that this guest is one of my close neighbors, friends, a phenomenal chef. She's been on the, the, the podcast twice. The first time you, you, you heard her come through, we were kicking it in her studio. Actually, I think both times we recorded in her studio. And the first time I got super drunk, we talked about Jay Electronica. The second time, I don't even remember what happened that time, but we got it lit anyway. Um, yeah, I want to give a, a, man, a big shout out to somebody who's inspired me. Actually, the person who inspired me to do an installation last year for Black History Month. Um, a neighbor who has relocated temporarily to the Bay Area. Bay Area, stand up. Yay area where you at the curator the founder (laughs) the mastermind behind the boo boo flora gallery please give a warm round of applause to adriana boo boo flora sarando hey yeah we're here (laughs) thanks for having me thanks for coming back my pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. So, man, a lot's happened since your last uh, tour of the Art MBS podcast. Um, you have recently. Well, we'll get to all of that stuff in a second. Um, man, life, right? Like we got new life here. Like, like we gave. Man, <laughs> I'm excited because you got a lot to cover. <laughs> yeah, literally new life. <laughs> Oh man! So yeah, I think last time, last time was yeah in my studio. Mm-hmm. It was like summertime, I think. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe even like two years now? Yeah. Has it, it been was, two years already? Shoot. Yeah. It was, um, I, th- I think it was like episode 20 or, uh, let's see. Yeah, uh, you did episode 19 and then you did episode 22. So September was the last, uh, September 2019 uh, was the last time. And then the first time was August of 2019. So, yeah. Yeah, time flies. Like, I had a whole ass baby. (laughs) I moved cities, had a baby, got a new studio. So it's been exciting. Did some shows. Yeah, yeah, I did a few shows. Um, Let me see, when I first left Fresno, when I actually, when I was doing the interview with you, I think I was still up at the airport in Fresno. Mm -hmm. That was like my last Fresno thing. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I moved here in October and I had a little show like January to February with Brenda Mm -hmm. um, at this place called Soma Arts. So it was like a little, uh, I did a mural and then we had an installation and then there's a few pieces hanging up for a little bit. But yeah, now I'm now I'm in San Francisco doing this art residency at this place called The Midway. Mm. Okay, okay. So now, so talk about that. Like, did you, you had to go through the whole process of filler, filling out like a letter of intent or like how did that go? Yeah, it was like a full application. So I had heard about it because uh, one of my coworkers she works here and she was like, Hey, they're doing this thing. Um, it's like six months for a free studio. You get, um, in exchange, like you do workshops and you get promotion. And then, uh, it's a group show with me and two other people, whoever, um, you know, the other two people they choose. And I'm not sure how many people, um, you know, applied. It was like for all of the artists in San Francisco. So the, the main thing was like, you had to live here. So I'm guessing kind of a, a lot of people, cause it's really hard to get free studio space. So, she told me to apply and I applied and I hadn't heard back. Um, so then, yeah, I found out I was one of the people who got it. And because of COVID, like things were pushed back. We were supposed to move in in like June. We didn't end up moving until like late October. Mm. So, um, yeah, so it's supposed to be six months, but I think, you know, it's pretty much been six months or it's almost up. So um, they're just going to extend it. So I don't know how long I'll get to be here, but um, so far I haven't heard anything. So I'm just, you know, still making stuff and we'll have um, like a group exhibition me and the two other ladies that are here so mm-hmm. whenever that happens and I think right now we're in the process of getting our workshops up mm. so we'll be doing that online so yeah, if yeah we'll promote join, those when they get popping you know what I'm saying we go all of that hey y'all yeah, tap it's been in. really cool it's like I, I never thought I'd have a free you know studio space it's really hard to find any space in San Francisco let alone like a space dedicated to make stuff so it's been really really cool mm-hmm. hard but cool because i have a, a little baby that is like almost four months old so i mean it's kind of nice sharing a studio with him sharing a studio with the baby yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's actually kind of a trip i mean it's like a dream come true but it's also very trippy like, mm-hmm. you know i have this like tiny person that just gets to be like born into this life you know he's just looking at murals and paintings all day and so it's pretty cool you know what's interesting though none of this surprises me because i remember one time i was telling you i was like hey fam you need to see what's popping in san francisco because that's like 
though that scene is like you you know what i'm saying and then boom 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 and then i think because you did didn't you go out there before and do a show uh before this yeah well i I lived out here for a while before um Mm I, I came here for college, so I was living here for like four years before I moved back to Fresno and got the studio at Broadway and all that. But yeah, I'd been here, um, and then when I moved back to Fresno, I would come back and do shows. So I did like one at the university. Um, we put on one in Oakland. Um, mm. I think there was one more too. Yeah, so I just had like kept in touch and, you know, you know how it is like early stages, you kind of have to like make things happen yourself. If you're not finding shows, you're going to make them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was doing that for like, I think the last time I did that was in like 2018. Mm. And then, yeah, we, I moved back, uh, yeah, like October 2019. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been pretty steady. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I I lose track of it sometimes. I feel like I'm still like new, you know. Yeah, but you like, man, but in, in all actuality, you went there laid groundwork came out here laid groundwork and then bounced back so yeah i think fresno is like doing stuff in fresno is like gave me a little more confidence you know because in fresno it's kind of like free for all like you get what you put into it or maybe you don't you know it takes a minute like when i had my studio in the beginning i didn't really have people coming in you just you know gotta kind of make work and just stick with it but fresno's like an artist city i feel like fresno is just as creative San Francisco Mm. yeah it's just a matter of like needing a change of scenery and kind of following the signs of the universe and all that okay so now do you think that because you, you said like Fresno's an artist city like San Fran do you think that um it because it's larger there's just a like a a, a bigger price point you can put on things or there's more accessibility or more people who are like looking for art or is it the same kind of mentality in San Francisco as in Fresno? I feel like it's different because I mean, there's definitely people who purchase art in Fresno. Mm-hmm. Um, it's maybe just a little bit harder to get into places in San Francisco, but I feel like Fresno is an artist city because it's like, since like way back in the day um, with like jazz music and, you know, even like later on with like punk music, Fresno's right in between LA and San Francisco. So you have artists traveling, you know, from one city to the next, but you know, they need a place to stay or, you know, they just, you know, are passing by. They want to like, you know, see what's up. But yeah, I know a lot of like bigger artists that have spent time in Fresno because it's also cheaper to live there. And so you can't just like focus on work, but then there's still that appreciation for art. So, you know, you can sell things. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. I mean, I know people in Fresno who sell things for a lot, but then there's also, you know, it's just a different, uh, it's a different energy Mm -hmm. of like how much people are willing to spend. But I mean, I've got my biggest murals in in Fresno. So Mm. I think it just depends. Now definitely there's like nonprofits or just like individuals willing to pay more, um, like fair wages for artists to, to actually do things like I know there's more murals going up downtown that people are actually getting paid for so like stuff like that I feel like I don't know if you could compare it to San Francisco because it's just a different thing I feel like there's more corporate money in San Francisco mm. okay. uh, um, I don't know I love Fresno so I'm like mm-hmm. I I like the kind of artist city it is uh, is always changing but 
it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're starting to bring back. Uh, they're trying to do some outdoor events now. So there's like a like a art hop thing that's not called art hop. It's kind of like uh, it's where they do the the drive in over by the crest, and it's they're having like vendors and food trucks and bands and stuff. Oh yeah, like I that. saw that. Mm-hmm. I keep up with like Fresno stuff mm-hmm. through like Instagram. That's like my only news source. So. Right. Yeah, I feel right. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I one of the things I miss about um, Fresno, like as a kid, was all the drive ins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you just like sit on top of your car. There's the one um, kind of like where the what is it? Boomers used to be. That used to be old drive-in. Mm. Do you remember that? How, yeah. I don't even know how long you've been. Yeah, in we used to. Uh, I'm trying to think the one I went to because was that. I think that was the one, yeah, when I was a kid, we used to go to that one because we didn't go to Madeira because I, I lived here uh, from like, what, first grade to like a junior, sophomore in high school. So, yeah, I saw Eddie Murphy Raw at the drive-in. Um, and I think <laughs> that was the one I went to to see it. That's kind of amazing. Well, <laughs> I think okay. the first movie I saw at the drive-in was like Sleepless in Seattle and I didn't get it. I was like, mm-hmm. why am why did my parents bring me this? Right, right. Well, I went with my cousins and my sister, and we said we were going to go see something else. And uh, we went to go see Eddie Murphy Raw. Yeah. I'm proud of Fresno for that. I mean, this is kind of off off topic, but I just learned this recently. Um, my sister's boyfriend, he's like, he's a bit older than me. He's like maybe mid 40s but mm-hmm. he had told me recently like we we're talking about downtown and like exactly what we're saying like all the stuff that used to you know be down here and and just like the arts history of fresno he said that um back in the 80s i think or no i don't think it was like early 90s sometime when uh new kids on the block was big but they had came to fresno and they like performed like kind of by like mariposa street where there's like the free speech area mm, downtown okay which okay. i think is like where those events are happening now mm-hmm. um but yeah i guess like there was like a gang fight it was a time when like black gangs and like mexican gangs and asian gangs were all fighting downtown mm-hmm. and a fight i guess broke out at a concert that new kids on the block was putting on and like yeah all three of these like gang entities like started fighting each other and then they ended up <laughs> like beating the shit out of new kids on the block so, oh wow when i say like <laughs> the history of like you know crazy things happening in Fresno. Can That's we make some, awesome. get, let's I get mean, some air horns from that. Fresno Savages. <laughs> right, it's like, we beat the shit out of new kids on the block. Like, how come people don't talk about that? Oh, man, that's wild. <laughs> Not promoting violence. Oh, but, man. You know, it's like, yeah, be safe, though. That's kind of our little slice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fresno is definitely... Um, yeah, we it, it's, it's crazy out here. I mean, it was on Gangland. You know, that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, I was actually living. And over do you there, remember like... Fresno Uncensored? No. You you never heard of Fresno Uncensored? Uh-uh. That See, probably was why I wasn't it's living like... here. <laughs> it's just like this DVD that, like back in the day, you could buy it from well, like whoever's selling stuff at the liquor store. Mm-hmm. But like, pretty much, I don't know. I feel like yeah, a lot of liquor stores. Like I think that's where we got our copy, but it's it's like the unofficial gangland, like made mm. by gangsters. Okay, I might like, have to check that out. By gangsters for gangsters. But yeah, it's called Fresno Underground, and or Fresno Uncensored, sorry. And mm-hmm. you can find 
you know, if you know anyone that's affiliated, there's probably a little snippet of them in there. <laughs> uh, wild. Uh, I'm like, wild. that's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh man. So, um, now that you're in the Bay area, has, would you say that like your artistic practice has changed at all? Or are you, um, basically just refining what you had been doing so far? I, I would say it definitely has changed because now, you know, back in Fresno, I could just show up to the studio and just like be there all day and just go from painting to working on sculpture to working on installation stuff mm -hmm. but now it's like even before I had the baby it's more planned because I didn't have the studio space before um, now I have it with the baby I have to like plan like okay do, you know to have an area for you know to change his diaper do I have to come and like know what I'm going to work on that day so right now it's mostly painting just because it's easier for me to do that um, it's not so much like sculpture and stuff just because mm -hmm. I don't have the the time to put into it mm -hmm. um at first i was like man like i'm backtracking you know i'm not like what you said like refining my my process but mm -hmm. i'm learning now like just as i'm like reflecting on it with you it's like it is a refinement in a way because it's forcing me to kind of sit down and really think about the shapes i'm gonna make and you know before i just had like the the composition in my head i didn't really have it out or i'd cut shapes and like play around but i don't have that luxury anymore so it's like i have to i have to write things down i have to make sketches so yeah i, I think it is a it is a refinement um it just doesn't necessarily look like my work being pared down like boiled down to like its essence it's mm -hmm. more of like still an explosion of things and also it's like a resurgence of new things or like things i've done in the past or things i've wanted to do mm -hmm. um because i feel like before you know i i would take my paintings a little bit too seriously to the point where i wouldn't even like do them i'd be like no if, if they're not going to be done this way then i can't i can't start them until you know the next new moon or something like that but now it's like <laughs> time is very precious i know right? i was like it's, you know, that's cool. good stuff but um, a lot but of people feel that though <laughs> but now that time is so precious and it's like okay well am i going to be an artist and a mom or am i going to just give this up like it kind of forced me to like make that decision so i'm like well i can't quit now i i came so far so i would say now like the refinement is like just having fun again, like painting for fun again, if you could imagine. Mm. Imagine that, you know? So yeah. it's like, okay, what do I want my paintings to say? I want them, they don't, they'll still have my symbolism and my style, but now it's like, I just want them to exude a joyfulness. Mm. And I feel like you can only have that joyfulness is if, uh, if you're actually like being joyful while you paint and and I can't really do that. Um, just spending like all day, you know, like smoking cigarettes and drinking beer and like just like painting. Like, um, yeah, uh, a lot of things have changed. I feel like I'm jumping around from your nah, answer, but you not though. You yeah, you right on time. And and here's my next question because I I feel like I feel the happiness like when you're talking. And really, what I wanted to ask you is, do you feel like motherhood? opened up your heart to a new capacity of love and that that new capacity has um permeated your paintings do you do you feel like that is happening or no definitely yeah because i think you know well, one of course you're like being selfless and you're like you know 
hella tired and you're like, I can't be tired or I can't, you know, I have to function because I have to, you know, get things done and I have to make sure that this little one has everything they need. Um, and I've always had like a good work ethic when it's come to painting, but it's even more so um, like, you know, I'm not necessarily painting every day, all day, like I, like I would have, but I have to like mentally prepare and like bring it when I do. And like, like I said before, it was like kind of hitting a wall. Like, am I going to do this? Am I going to still be a painter and be a working artist and be a mom? Or am I going to just like give it up because it's really hard, you know? But um, yeah, I kind of like, it's like a whole nother um, type of self-love. I feel like self-love gets thrown around a lot, but it really is like this, dedication and time to yourself like are you gonna make your dreams happen while like providing for your child and are you gonna use that um, as a way to like you know like now I want to be a working artist not only just for myself but because I need to like provide for my child and it's just another um, yeah I mean it's definitely opened up love in different ways not just that like one-dimensional like I am a mom and I love my child but it's like I have to be okay I have to paint I have to be happy if I'm gonna give my child happiness or if I'm gonna be able to emotionally be there for my child Mm -hmm. in a loving way not just you know getting a job and and doing that like I I have to be a happy person too yeah so yeah because if you're not happy you're right it is yeah yeah, and if I'm not painting or if I'm not making things, I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to have, like, a resentment. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, this, like, all this stuff, you know, timing is perfect. I feel like you said, like, yeah, it's right on time because I was getting really stuck in Fresno to the point where I was just, like, wasting time and doing dumb shit and not really um, just taking it to the next level in mm-hmm. terms of, like, spiritually economically all the um even like with my paintings i felt like i was just stuck like i did some murals i was doing workshops but like you know i think naturally if you're an artist you want to like keep going you want to try new things and so coming here too i i live really close to a ceramic studio so while i was pregnant i got really into ceramics and like mm. now that's like something i never would have tried before you know but now it's like okay that's something else I could add to my repertoire of like sculpture. Yep. Yeah. And just like working with, you know, I, I work with plants. I work with all kinds of stuff, but and even that, like, I don't, it's not as warm. Come on, man. Yeah. So it, like you said, like, it's just right on time. Um, it takes like a lot of just like taking that jump and mm-hmm. being uncomfortable and seeing like the goodness that comes from that uncomfort. And the things that life throws at you. Like I didn't plan on, <laughs> I came here to go to grad school and then I, I showed up and saw like my cohort, like who I was supposed to like be studying with. And I was just like, fuck that. <laughs> Cause it was like a bunch of, you know, white kids studying archeology span and like no offense to like white kids or people who study archeology, span but it's like, I didn't want to pay that much money to have to keep talking about, you know, like educating other students about like, why you can't say certain things or like Mm -hmm. why certain things are problematic, which had been like my experience before um, in my undergrad. So I was like, fuck it. I'm not going to do that. And I ended up staying and I didn't plan on like the same day as like I met my partner and then like a few months later got pregnant and like all the, you know, and lost my job because of COVID, like all these crazy things happened, but yeah, everything ended up working out like 
better than I could have imagined. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm 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 into it. It's yeah, it's it's like the the web, you know, and then like you look back and you're just like, "Whoa, all of that stuff needed to happen." But when I was in it, like COVID hit, jobs is like and you're like, "Oh, man, this is some bullshit." But then it's like the trade-off is residencies, family, you know what I'm saying? Artistic freedom, you know, and and you can pursue the things that your heart desires. Cause that's, I think that's important for creative people because once you stop doing that, then like there's, there is, there's this fucking cloud over your head. And then you're wondering like, Oh, why, why am I in this rut? And it's like, man, well, you're not creating, you're not following what you were, you know, put here to do and shit. Yeah. And I feel like in my case, like, I just like didn't know. I was like, okay, well, I'm doing all this other like spiritual work, like, and I'm not like, you know, ascending anymore or whatever you want to call it. But I just felt like, yeah, like this is all I could do. And, and I kind of was feeling like, all right, like what's next, you know? And I ended up like getting in a really bad car accident, like mm. getting a DUI, like all this crazy shit, you know, that was like, damn, like what am I doing, you know? Mm. But if it wasn't for all that stuff, like that nudge, then I wouldn't have moved here. I wouldn't have had all this stuff. Like everything pretty much that I've ever asked for right now, I'm having. And so, yeah, I just feel like it goes back to that. If you're not getting, if you're not getting that pushback, then you're not, you know, on track. Like that pushback is good. When crazy shit happens to you, that's actually good. That's, you know, that's your opportunity to grow and to like reassess what you're doing. Mm hmm so yeah, trying to evoke that into a painting is is new and fun, mm-hmm. but it's also just like the time management thing with, you know, being a new parent is like, that's the other layer of, of challenge. But I mean, it's fun. Like I haven't had this like push in a long time, you know, because mm-hmm. once you get, you get your style down, you get the things you like to do down. It's like very hard to get that rush again. So it's coming back. So it feels really good. That's tight. That's tight. Like, oh, yeah, this is like, this is the shit I do. And I've been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like my partner, like we went back to Fresno recently and he saw like my old stuff and he's like, damn, like this is tight, you know? And just like going through it, I was telling him like, you know, why I like value like our friendship so much, you and I, and like my other friends like that are, you know, my art people, it's like they see you and they grow with you. And they also remind you like, man, remember when you were making this? Mm-hmm. And like not, not everyone has that, but also like it's hella easy to forget. Shit, like, remember when you, you was doing shows for the kids? <laughs> yep. You know, stuff like that or like just, you know, in a mat, like people that aren't in it, they have like, we're just in general, people have a very short um like concept of time or they forget things really easily. So it's just nice to have that, you know, that community of people that's like, Hey, when you were doing this, like, and it takes you back. It's like hearing a song. Like you remember like, Oh, I was in that headspace or I was making these right now. Like, you know, I'm starting my little cardboard cutouts again. And it's like, man, I remember when I would just sit in the studio with my little pieces of cardboard and people would come in and, you know, they'd assemble little pieces while they're talking to me. And then they go and like, you know, just like that ephemeral, part of art that we share like putting on shows and stuff like that like yeah that is coming back and i feel like i don't know those are just like the 
those are the precious gems of like the art community that not everyone gets to see. This is true. Which I I kind of missed that a, a bit, like being here, you know, like I had to leave my studio um, and my community. Like I had to leave all of you guys. And that was like hard, too, because San Francisco is really isolating. I don't really have many friends. And like when you choose to like follow your dreams, sometimes it's kind of like lonely, you know. It's lonely at the top in whatever you do. <laughs> I don't know about being at the top, but, you know, just like it's those like quiet moments when you're like, okay, well, I just got to push through this. And, and it, you know, eventually like time will pass and I'll be on the other side again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it is like, now I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm like a natural loner. But having that, like, you know, at Broadway, we just have our doors open and yeah. someone's being, you know, drunk, popping in everyone's rooms or mm-hmm. asking you, like, hey, you want to smoke some weed? Or, hey, <laughs> you know, just people like, <laughs> can I buy can I buy a 20 off you real quick? <laughs> no names. No. Uh, <laughs> no, but, you know, hey, I love like these bear horns. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where I'm going with that, like. I'm just going off on a Community. tangent, but it just feels nice. Like I haven't had, um, I haven't had that in a while. And it's like, I don't know if it's reflected on my art or not. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not, I guess I'm not talking about it as much. I'm just kind of doing it. Mm-hmm. And like, even right now it's like, I'm, I'm painting as we're talking and it's like, Oh, I remember how shit looks when I, when I do my wrist this way or mm-hmm. um, how clean I can make my lines or even like just remembering, like, Oh yeah. I, I make uh, acrylic look like aerosol. Like that's like my favorite thing to do with painting. It sure is. So, I'd be like, Hey, did you like, like, nah, man, that's acrylic. <laughs> and see, and you, you like understand as a painter, it's like that shit feels good. Mm-hmm. Like when you can talk about not only like execute, but when you can talk about like, it's just like a, a validation that comes from yourself. It's like, all right, like I'm in this shit. I've been doing this and and I can keep doing it for a few more years, you know, mm-hmm. or hopefully forever. <laughs> right. Oh, man, this is it's, it's definitely a, a exciting time because even with the way the country is going, I feel like artists with the way we work, we still, you know, we've been busy. We've been creating um, and it's it's definitely fucking uh, it's exciting. So my my next question for you, what you what have you been listening to lately uh, as far as music? Oh my gosh, you know I was I feel like I barely even really listen to anything now. Like in the car, we'll have like like my partner is a DJ, so he'll play music, and I'll mm-hmm. just kind of like you know. I feel like I don't even really pay attention. Like I've been making up songs for the baby. <laughs> so I'll, like bring old tunes into it, but really let me think about it. Like I don't even know. I'm trying to think of what's new. Um, I think his, I don't know how to say his last name. It's like Toby Nagibway. Oh yeah. He like did that. the one joint uh, with uh, Royce and Black Thought, right? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He recently did like something with Erica Badu, mm-hmm. but yeah, I've, I came across him because my friend Devoya, she does a Sucker Free Sunday. And she had him on a mix, and I was like, ooh, I like this. So, like, I've just been, like, well, we've been just playing his, like, Spotify in the car. But, like, honestly, I, that's, like, one thing I don't really, I just play my old stuff. Like, when I was pregnant, we were playing a bunch of, like, 90s hip-hop for the baby. 
Um, what were some of the classics yeah. you were you were bumping? What have What have I been listening to? What like the classics? I've yeah, been for the baby. What were, what were you bumping? Obviously, like like Wu Tang, Della Soul, stuff like that. Tight, tight. Also, I feel like the baby's like picking my brain. I'm like, I can't remember anything anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love it. Okay. Okay. Shout right, I gotta, to I gotta feed him soon. Okay. Okay. So let me, I'm like now it's bugging me because I really can't think of what I've been listening to. Mm, I mean, I still listen to a lot of Erica Badu because mm-hmm. it's soothing. Okay. I've yeah. been playing Yo Gabba Gabba for the baby, which is nice. Yeah, uh, Yo Gabba Gabba's <laughs> the joint. That's the joint, man. Don't bite your play, friends. Um, Right, that one's so good. It's underrated. <laughs> Very underrated. Um, let me see. My, like, even painting, it's like I haven't really been playing. I mean, today we were playing, like, Biggie Smalls Radio just because we watched the, the new documentary on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Now, how is that? I, I haven't seen it yet. I'm more so, I, I mean, I thought it was good. It wasn't, like too much that hasn't already been like shown in other documentaries or mm-hmm. like what you can find on YouTube. But I mean, at this point I just put on whatever like to breastfeed, but I, I think it was good. I think it was worth the, worth a watch. Okay. okay. I'd say I'm like watching more things than like engaging in music. Mm. Okay. Okay. Like I watched when I was pregnant, I watched Lovecraft country, which was like fucking amazing. Did you watch it at all? That name sounds familiar, but I haven't seen it. It's like one of them ones where I was like, because it's on Hulu or Netflix, right? Oh, sorry. I got a hungry baby. Hold on real quick. Okay, yeah, I'm yeah. going to get set up. Yeah. yeah. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Shout outs to the mamas. Women's Month, you know what I'm saying? Mom's holding it down. We appreciate y'all being the the foundations for the family, raising raising these Hello? seeds up, right? Yeah, shout out to the moms out there. Our, our art and bullshit <laughs> podcast. Right, we just had to get a little lunch, late lunch. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, you know, we had to get some shout outs because the moms, man. And then, you know, also it's uh, Women's History Month, right? So like, uh, yeah, man. Like, is that now? How do you feel about stuff like that? Women's history month. Mm-hmm. I feel like in general, like it's nice to give like shout outs to things, but I feel like, and I know like this is not anything groundbreaking, but it's like we should be doing this all the time. Like, we should be respecting and remembering like the women who came before us. But, I mean, I guess it's like a nice little gesture, but I kind of feel like it's one of those things that like corporations like remember like, oh, yeah, we have to like acknowledge women mm-hmm. <laughs> or like Black History Month. It's like, oh, we have to like, you know, do the thing, acknowledge that black people have also contributed to the society when like I feel like it should just be something that we always do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's nice like every year March is definitely like my busier month in terms of like people wanting to do interviews or like just like I don't know getting to be involved with certain things like there's more um like I follow this group called uh, Latinas in Tech 
cuisine in the Bay Area, there's like a lot of you. Know, it's like a tech. That's hard. That's hard. So like, I just like you know, I just like hearing talks of other like entrepreneurs and stuff and like their take on things. So there's definitely like a lot more of those in March, which mm-hmm. is interesting. But like I said, like we should just have those all year long. So how do we uh, get I to mean, that I, point? How do we get to that point mm-hmm. of acknowledging women all throughout the year? Right. Because I understand like what it takes. Right. Because for me, I think like, yeah, it's not like a, you don't just turn it on. Right. It's not mm-hmm. like a. Well, I feel like it. Go ahead, sorry. Well, no, okay. I think maybe I should rephrase the 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 question because it because uh, what I think I'm trying to ask is what would you like? Is the way that it's operating right now? Um, because you're saying like, okay, in March, like hella people are hitting me up, and it's like, dude, Jane, I'm I'm guilty of that, right? However, yeah, but you put me on. Other times of the year. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hold on. Can we let's so let's give okay. me let's give me a round of applause. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Okay. Point taken. Um. Damn. I like that. See, that's what you got. Yeah. That's my sister holding it down. So like, and and I get what you're saying. Um, all throughout the year. But are there any things that um that the general public you think could do um, to make, maybe are there things that we're not doing? Are there things that like you feel like, cause I, I get it. Um, there are, you know what I'm saying? There's women who invented, you know, like but shit, everything that we fucking use, like, or not everything, but there are a lot of uh, inventions that we come up with, uh, in our everyday life, you know, from the store, it's like you look and it's like, damn, a woman came up with that. And I learned a lot of uh, a lot of new facts just in Black History Month. And it's like, oh, wow, a black woman made that. Oh, wow. You know, a woman. So for me, um, I think that there's a level of research, but I'm trying to figure out if there's something else that that we I could do like the general population, because I get what you're saying. It seems like a corporate thing for like checks and advertising. So how do we flip it on its head and like take the power? I I was thinking, I was thinking like the same thing that you had brought up. It's like, it comes down to like research. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, just things that you genuinely like or questions you genuinely have, like do the research and you know, you'll find out that it's not so much a man's world. Mm -hmm. Like maybe the facade is, but when you get down to it, like, there's a lot of women like behind the scenes of doing things, Mm -hmm. but also I think it's important to like, not just glorify women just for women. Like that's kind of exoticizing. Cause like, I mean, just cause you're a woman doesn't mean, you know, that you've done great things. Like, I don't know, for example, like Kamala Harris, it's like, I feel like it's kind of a distraction to be like, Oh my gosh, like we have a female vice president, but like at the same time, like she's also like a cop and like, is responsible for putting a lot of like black and brown men behind bars, you know? So it's like doing research in that way too. It's like holding women as accountable too. Cause I feel like when it's just this idea of like celebration, you kind of whitewash over things women have done, you know, like my issues with, um, with women's history month is like, people are like, Oh, Susan B. Anthony or like, you know, uh, Margaret Sanger. It's like, I think that's her name, Margaret Singer. I can't remember. The lady who, like, brought birth control to the U.S., like, 
she was part of the eugenics movement. Like she legit like didn't want like black and brown people reproducing. Like that's why she brought, you know, like fought so hard for, um, for Planned Parenthood and just making birth control available. And like Susan B. Anthony, like people praise her, but it's like, she was like against black people voting. You know, she wanted white women to vote. She didn't really necessarily like care so much about the rest of us. So I feel like, yeah, just like research goes a long way and like, don't limit it to just one, one like month out of the year, but mm-hmm. also just to be like, just as discerning with other women, like, you know, just because you have a certain skin tone, are you? Oh, hi, baby. <laughs> you all right? <laughs> like mommy talking too much shit. Nah, it's real. Mommy's putting <laughs> it on wax. We've been waiting for this. No, but I just think, yeah, like use i mean i can't really say use common sense but it's like look deeply into other things like as much as you research celebrities like research people of history or research items like know where things come from and and not just not just exoticize things or like do things to be performative or like to post them online like just genuinely know shit you know Mm -hmm. and have a genuine interest in things right but honestly i not to be like hella negative but i don't know if like the masses will even want to know certain things because like one truth is like subjective but at the same time like knowing certain things it, it makes life a little bit harder so not everyone's trying to live in truth you know or mm. quote unquote truth yeah and and with the way that things are today it's really easy to to not face that and to curate your own version of it yeah, like, like, oh, well, yeah, you know, Kamala Harris locked up so many men, but this is a step in the right direction. It's like, not to me. <laughs> like, you're still, mm-hmm. you know, you're still like this. You're asking, you know, for more restrictions on police or all this like oversight, but you're also like glorifying it at the same time because it's like a woman of color. So it's like, Mm-hmm. Racism is an issue, but also like classism is an issue, yep. and it's more so. I don't know it's it's still like someone trying to have power, and I think that's kind of weird. Yeah, I think that it's good to hear you say that because you know, for me, I understand the whole aspect of. Um, what she did, the three strikes law, because I lived here when the whole graffiti felony movement shit popped off, you know? And uh, I don't, a lot of people, they don't really get how whack that shit is. You know, like that, like the the three strikes law, the graffiti felony stuff, like that, yeah, really not good. Um, And like everything's connected, you know? It's like a lot of people still doing time for cannabis, like, Mm-hmm. Now there's like, you know, white girls getting rich off of like cannabis companies, and it's mm-hmm. like there's just so much. It's all intertwined with everything. Like, you, to be like, oh, girl power, you know, hashtag girl boss. Like, I'm like, what? What are we trying to be the boss of here? You know, it's like we're still treating um, people like a commodity. You know, we're still saying like equality, but if you do something bad, like you deserve to be punished for the rest of your life. Even if we change what the definition of bad is, you know, it's like, I just like, it's so much deeper than 
than celebrating a woman or, you know, even like Ruth Bader Ginsburg and like, yeah, she died and that sucks. But like, <laughs> I don't, no one's perfect. And I think people in power who like become symbols of equality, like, yeah, we should hold them not only accountable, but we should hold them to a higher standard if we're going to like put them on t-shirts and shit. It's like, really look at what they did. Like, was she really as great? Like, you know, as people say, and I know it's like really unpopular opinion, but I mean, I am always going to be on the side of people mm-hmm. and people who are leaders. I feel like it sounds terrible, but like a lot of really great leaders get killed really young. And if you're doing radical things then you have that higher risk. And so like for these like two women to like make it and to become symbols, I'm just like, I can't help but think of like what their compromises were. Mm. And sometimes those compromises, you know, they're at the expense of other people. And yes, yeah, I, I just like, I can't get over that. I, I'm into the small shit, <laughs> which I, it's gotten me called petty a lot, but it's like, those are my principles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know what they say, like, it's the fucking, your actions and shit, you know what I'm saying? So, it's like, that's what determines your character, and if I'm looking, if, and I think that that helps when you want to put someone, like, okay, well, yeah, this person's assembled, but then the research, and it's easy to, like, we live in the, the, stage of like yo i'm gonna make this infograph i'm gonna put it online everybody's gonna buy into this so if if people are buying into things at face value then yeah they're definitely not gonna see like the the complexities and maybe things that they may not have agreed with so i think that that's like really important in this day and age is like the the whole research aspect you know it's like man yeah definitely and i think that yeah, we have the computer at our fingertips, which is like something like you and I didn't grow up with. You know, I was just telling my partner the other day, it's like we had the computer like at school in the library or like if you were lucky enough to have one at home, but you didn't have one throughout the day, like just like whenever you needed to. Mm-hmm. So in a way, I feel like that kind of inhibits people because, you know, you're choosing where you get your research from now as opposed to like going home looking up sources or going to the actual library and looking up like in a way it's great because we have access to so much information but in a way too it's like debilitating because you know unless you really know how to like cite sources it's kind of hard to tell like and then you have to factor in like individual like individuals on twitter what they're saying because some people know their shit but also some things aren't documented, so people don't really take them as credible. And mm-hmm. I just feel like it's, there's too much information out there to the point where we don't know how to follow our intuition anymore. Because mm. we're like, oh, let me go see what the general consensus on like these three sites that I check say. Instead of like you know, thinking for yourself and filtering through. You know, there's a lot of shit to filter through, and even the filter is like problematic, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep, them algorithms, they, you know, hey, I might not want you to see this one over here. Yeah, like, what do they call it, shadow banning? Yep, mm-hmm, yeah. Yep, yep. But really, it's like we live in an empire and everything's going to be filtered already. So, I don't know, I'm at the point now that, like, I'm a mom, I'm like, 
you know, I'm sure you could relate being a dad. You like have that freak out moment where you're like, how am I going to shelter this precious thing from the world? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you're like, man, I wasn't sheltered and I came out okay, but maybe I'm a little fucked up. But (laughs) Mm -hmm. so I don't know. That's where I'm at with that. I'm like, part of me doesn't care. Part of me cares a lot. Um, But it's just fine finding that balance. You don't feel helpless. You know? Yeah. I think, well, for, I think the important part is, is they gotta be able to have their childhood. Right. Because like we had our childhood, even though we might've seen some shit, some fucked up shit for the most part, I feel like we had childhood. So it's like, let these kids be kids. Don't put the weight of adults on them. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then that's basically that's and, and and also like let them be kids, but then don't put them in a bubble because when you put them in a bubble and they can't fall down and get bumped and bruised, then when they uh when they leave the nest, then boom, you know what I'm saying? Like they don't they don't know how to fucking handle themselves. Definitely, yeah. That's what I trip out on because like I never when I envisioned myself as becoming a parent, I never thought I was gonna raise a kid in San Francisco, you know, Mm -hmm. which is like totally different. I'm like, what the hell am I going to do when he gets bigger? You know, Mm -hmm. like how do you even raise a kid in the city? And my partner, you know, he was raised here. Like he was riding Muni at like seven years old. And I'm just like, I'm terrified of that. But yeah, at the same time, like I can't, I got to let him be, you know, be his own person and, and learn and make mistakes and stuff. But part of me is like, that bubble looks real good right now. <laughs> but it's crazy like because you you didn't have a bubble. It's like, hey, mom, I'm going to uh, go out with my friends. And she's like, oh, hey, be back at five. And then you just had to be back right? at five. And not even my pa- my mom, like she worked graveyard. She was like asleep the whole day. And we were just like, when I think of, you know, me growing up in Fresno, it's like, I honestly just did whatever. And there was always like on our street, you know, someone looking out for you or someone to mm-hmm. like, tell your parents you know or everyone just knows everybody and here it's a little bit different yeah, like, yeah, yeah we know we people in, in our community but, and i'm just like man i'm like it's just a whole another layer of worries and mm-hmm. and i know bad things have always been around but you know yeah definitely. it's different it's like you gotta let them you know like you said like get dirty mm-hmm. but at the same time like how do you how yeah. do you raise kids to be um just like conscious of certain things like hey like if someone's nice to you like that's weird you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) like why are they being so nice to you but also like show kindness you know mm -hmm. it's like that conundrum of like just knowing when when to when yeah i remember my dad had uh he had a talk with me and he was like uh if anyone ever comes to your school to pick you up we have a code word so like never go anywhere with an adult unless they know the code word and the code word was like uh our dog's name and so it was like okay like that was a thing for me as a kid so i always felt safe it's like but i mean you're a kid so someone can bop you over the head right but at the same time having that that in the back of my head like okay and it never, the situation never arose, but I feel like it, it was a, uh, a level of comfort that's like, all right, well, if anything happens, like, and people try some slick shit, I know right or wrong if you don't know the code word, you know, like, um, and it gives you, it was like me and my dad had a, had a thing, you know, 
and but it was him implementing a measure for my safety but for me it felt like it was like a bond between me and him um yeah so it's just it's interesting parenting styles and how we have to think about these landscapes and our kids and shit that's good to know i'm i'm gonna use that because i'm like you know i want to raise um conscious people Mm -hmm. but you know you can't help but when you're a parent like just want to wrap them up in bubble wrap and mm-hmm. not let them do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, then you raise a weirdo. And mm-hmm. Not the good kind of weirdo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's looking at me right now just like, mm. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful time, you know, in his life. He's, because at this point they do three things. They eat, they sleep, and they poop. And, and then they cry. I guess that's four things, right? So it's like. Yeah, man. Because he's a month, right? No, he's going to be four months. Oh, shit. He's like, yeah. He's, Fuck. He's oh, big. yeah. Damn. <laughs> big, really Fuck. Yeah, I was supposed him. to send you a package. Shit. Damn it. Okay, I'm I'm bad. <laughs> I need like a boo on here for when I mess stuff up. Um. Okay, I got you. I'm going to get on that. Um. Wow, four months. That's crazy. Wow, time Mom, where's flies. the RBS onesie? Yeah, we got to Yeah, we, we got those on the way. I'm going I'm to hook that up. Uh. Man, that's crazy. So now, um, we were talking about we 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 kind of we we danced around. We got to the art. We got to the BS. But I have a new question for you um, that I came up with since your last visit to the Art and Bullshit podcast. And and here's the question: If you had a chance to host a poker game with five creative or historical figures, dead or alive, who would those five people be? That's a great question. Ooh, okay. Mm. Or it could be like a dinner party. Okay, I'm sorry. Five people? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Okay, Wilfredo Lamb. I don't know if you're familiar with Wilfredo Lamb, but he he was Cuban, but of Chinese and African descent. Mm. But it's... It said that he actually was the one who invented Cubism and that he had met with Picasso and Picasso was like his friend, like, hey, yeah, you really need to like keep painting in the style. And then um, Picasso actually ended up getting credit for Cubism. But Wilfredo Lamb is like the OG of it because it's like his heritage, you know, he's mixing in all these different elements that make him so, for sure him because I've read a few books on him and he seemed like a genuine, like weird person, but like very like, I feel like. Salvador Dali gets all the quirky points, but mm-hmm. I kind of feel like Salvador Dali was like, I don't know, he gives me like low key abusive vibes. Mm. But yeah, I definitely say Wilfredo Lamb. Okay, yeah, um, I just looked him up. So he's 1902 to 1982 from Cuba. Yeah, his paintings are beautiful. Like, definitely look up whatever you can because mm-hmm. they're just like, like even mm-hmm. before Picasso was doing his thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And it goes back to doing your research, right? Like, giving credit when credit's due. Mm, okay, well, yeah. Um, well, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I see it. I see it. Damn, he, he, he yeah, he might have, he might have took some style points from this dude. Does it have to be just an artist or can it be anyone from history? No, it can be anybody. Anybody from history? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do they have to be famous? Mm-mm. No. I no. choose my grandma. I never met my grandma on my mom's side. Well, my dad's side either. So I would choose my 
grandma just because I feel like I want to see what kind of like similar dynamics we have because I feel like I got some things from her. I have some unexplained like tendencies or mm-hmm. like just quirks that I'm like, I want. I have a feeling that from her. So I'll say my mom's mom, Alfredo Lamb, mm, Richard Pryor, because mm. why wouldn't you want Richard Pryor there? Just to like keep things interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> See who else? Mm. I want to stick to artists. I feel like I have my own things with Frida Kahlo. Like, I love her, but I also have some, like, issues. So I'll say her, too, because I want to ask her some questions. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Who's knocking on my window? Is that Patrick? No. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. Shout out, Patrick. Like, yeah, people just come by and knock on my window like it's, like, cute. And I'm like, I be busy in here. Okay, Um. so what were you saying? Uh, last person was Frida Kahlo. Okay, so we got Wilfredo then, Lamb, Grandma, Frida Kahlo, Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor, and one more, I think. Why is this so hard? Do they have to be dead? Mm-mm. It could be de- dead or alive. Nah, yeah, 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 there's no rules. Damn, for some reason I thought they just had to be dead. Uh-uh. Okay. Um, my partner's like signing to me. I'm like, yeah, I think I'll do um, Margaret Kilgallen because she's like one of my favorite female artists, which I guess she's also dead too, but I couldn't think of her name. So Margaret Kilgallen, she's like part of the, I guess you call it like the mission, mission art family of San Francisco. But she was around like in the nineties, two thousands. She's pretty badass. Yeah, I'm a check. Have you ever heard of Barry McGee? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You she, know that she like partners with Barry McGee. Okay. Well, you know that like my homie uh is like the the leader of the Northwest chapter of THR. I had no idea. Yeah, shout out to yeah, Sora was popping. <laughs> uh, listen to episode fifty six. Get some assets. Shout out to Sora. What's popping? Okay, anyway, uh, yeah. So we're. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got homies there. I got two, and then Mike Wagner. The uh, yeah, man. We niggas is tapped in. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just getting over there. But yeah, uh, cause I don't. You know, I Dang, try to just, not. Barry McGee just came into my work one time, and I was like. That's pretty awesome, but that's the closest I ever got. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, okay, I see. Okay, Margaret. Okay, okay. Now, did you go to that exhibit Um, at the L.A.? Where, was it the MOCA or was it the Museum of Modern Art in L.A.? When it was that big graffiti exhibit and they turned the whole thing into like a graffiti, like uh, Barry McGee had like a little city in there that he built. It was like a town. And like mode um, two had a big ass mural and everyone had shit there. I didn't see that in LA, but I did see um, Berkeley Art Museum, which is like my favorite museum. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a solo Barry McGee show where he had like his little city set up or like his little um, stores and things like that. He had the big old um, like TV sculptures and it was just, yeah, like a little community. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I haven't been to LA in a long time. I think the last time I went to LA, I went to the LACMA. Mm. But I didn't see special exhibits. I went to see the Richard Serra. 
Okay. Um, now, I think the museums are closed currently in L.A., aren't they? I don't know. I used to go to L.A. every year, and, like, I haven't been there probably in, like, almost 10 years. Okay. I now, are no they idea. open in San Francisco? But I know some of them were here. They were open for a little bit. Um, the MoMA was open for a little bit. The Young was open. But I honestly haven't checked. Okay. They were closed, like, the entire time I was pregnant, which I was, like, salty about. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I think recently they opened up for a little bit. But yeah. I think, yeah, they went back to being closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the Hagen was open. Uh, shit, when did I go there? Maybe, like, two or three months. Like, it was before Christmas. So like, no, November or October, I think I went to that to Stockton, to the Hagen Museum. Um yeah, so, and then they shut down, like, a few weeks because I was going to go back because Susie was going to take me in the vault so I could see, like, the artwork that was back in the vault. And then they, uh, yeah. yeah, so they need to hurry up and open up so I can get back there. <laughs> yeah, I really, if I could, I'm, like, speaking of vaults, if I could go in one vault, um, the De Young has, like, hella, I'm going to call them stolen because they probably are, but, um, like, Mesoamerican artifacts. Mm. from just like private collectors and stuff which is like you know my heritage so i heard that they have like things that like haven't even been opened since they were first like dug out of the ground so Mm. that's gold one day if you can make it in any vault i feel like just because museums are like i don't know about other painters but like for me the longest time was like hey i want to be in a museum like that's like validation but like the more you kind of learn about them especially like with like after like how they treat a lot of artists, like especially after like Black Lives Movement, it's like you really see like wow, like this space isn't really set up to be for everybody, mm-hmm. and how do they even acquire their things in the first place? That's a good question. Um, one of my favorite books. I don't know if I mentioned this on on an episode before, but it's called Mumbo Jumbo. I highly recommend it. It's uh, written by Ishmael Reed. Mm. Um, but yeah, it talks a lot about that, like about, um, like there's like these three dudes and like their job is to like, well, they're planning to like steal back all their, their ancient artifacts, you know, and give them back to the people, mm-hmm. um, kind of like, you know, Black Panther vibes, but it's such a good, it's such a good book. I highly recommend it. It just gets you thinking about like what makes certain art at a certain level and and how is that different from like i know we both do like street art and like grew up like writing and tagging and stuff so it's like now those lines are blurred because you know graffiti can be seen as high art now but it's still like there's still that line of like who who gets to say it's high art and and who's whose pieces get chosen you know mm-hmm. yeah and but what's crazy too is is like it there's different entry points so uh, i fuck i hate to say this but i I gotta say it uh it's like with the commercialization of graffiti um you have people who it's like people who come from well-to-do backgrounds and then they don't like if you don't have to worry about like racking your paint and you don't have to worry about all of these other things that go along with the, with the other illegal activities that go along with graffiti and all you have to do is like go and paint. You have a different, um, I just feel like it's different. Like if you come from a nice, like a well-to-do upper middle-class rich home and you're driving a nice car and you're trying to paint, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
it's just yeah man and then like do you have that bail money (laughs) yeah and they do right they like their parents have like lawyers and shit like that but then like people who come from where we come from it's like they're just like if you get caught you're fucked um so it's like the graffiti is really really weird because it's like there there's no like there's no I feel like now there's not as much um, like hazing. There's not as much difficulty to get in and to operate and sustain a career in graffiti. Whereas like in the 90s and 2000s, there was a level of risk that involved like the cops and the ops. So you had to like navigate all of that. Whereas like now you got the internet, you go, you take a picture of something you put on Instagram. And if it looks a certain way, you can just tag Montana and like Modelo and then they'll boost your shit up. And then people think you are official. And then, you know, you have a fucking fan base. So, um, (laughs) yeah, man, that's true. That that's James's graffiti rant. No, but that's really true. And it's, I mean, it's, in certain aspects of art, it's, like, a good and bad thing because, like, where graffiti's, like, built on, like, street cred, like, the opposite end of it is being a painter. It's, like, you may not have any gallery shows under your belt, but you can sit in your room and you can paint things, really think like, things that you're really proud of that you want to, like, represent you, and you can take a really nice photograph of them and add all these hashtags and, like, you know, maybe that does lead to a gallery show. So I think it just depends on on the integrity of the art that you're doing, Mm. but also like, yeah, just like the, I don't know. It's just street art is its own thing. You know, you have to, you have to go out there and actually get that credit and, and does take that risk level, but that's also, it's like um, the contemporary art aspect of it. Like you have to have the risk on top of the visual, on top of the style well, and also it's ephemeral, right? Like y- you and your partner, you guys go and you guys are driving for the like sake of quieting the kid down. Hey, let's go by the layup and see like who's up. And you guys drive by some box cars, and it's like those that you can see. That's the pulse of who's active right there. Like when you're outside and you go and you're walking down, you see like new fill-ins. That's the pulse of the city. Like the, your phone and the internet isn't the pulse of the city. Um, it's true. And, and we do do that. <laughs> we'll be like, Oh, like there's like this, um, I don't know if he's a kid, but he right or I don't even know if it's a dude, but, um, mm. they write Acer. And like, so we see them like getting up with the roller and it's like just good old fashioned, you know, big mm-hmm. rolly. And it's like, We'll see it and like, oh, like, that's just so nice to see, you know, and then we'll be waiting in line like for like dim sum or something on the street. And um, well, actually, we had seen before that we had seen like, oh, like an article saying, you know, they got locked up or whatever, something on on Instagram. And then we see like a fresh little like tag while we're in line for like dim sum. We're like, oh, like he must have got out. Like good for him. You know, like like little stuff like that. It's like. That's mm-hmm. very much like, like you said, like it's ephemeral, but it's also like a whole cultural following that, um, like you miss out on if you don't, not necessarily have to write graffiti yourself, but to just like know what's up. Or get out and appreciate know. the city, right? Yeah, because I think that's like where it comes from. It's like, you don't even necessarily need to live in a big city. It's just like a place where people frequent where you frequent 
and just that whole like I don't want to be forgotten I, I'm like gonna claim this little slice for me you know mm-hmm. and then you yeah slowly you get those people that are like oh okay they change it up or like they must not have had like that much time you can see like you know how mm-hmm. fast they threw it up or right I'm learning a lot like from my partner too because you know he's teaching me about like bus styles and things like that like things I never knew because I mean yeah I rode the bus in Fresno but it's not the same as here you know where you're you're jam-packed and you can do a decent sized piece on the bus without mm-hmm. the without power getting caught and, like, and everything like, huh? yeah like the different flow or even like I never knew about like he was like oh yeah you know you write backwards like so as the bus is going like driving off you get to finish your piece and like that blew my mind I was like damn I was like that's tight and then I got all blushy and I was like all right like I picked a good one you know but it's like stuff like that like <laughs> my universe got my back but like, you know stuff like that it's like varies from city to city and like mm-hmm. those are things like yeah maybe someone can write an article about it on the internet but you just learn that from being in the mix mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely that's the thing about graffiti is it's, it is a straight uh secret society that people can't get into like there's just no way that you can get into it unless you're invited into it so to speak um and then it's like once you're invited into it then you become like oh like oh i see these people have kindred spirits but it's just for example like you're having this conversation with your partner right but imagine how many ladies are out there or how many just people in general like dudes ladies like whatever like they have no concept of graffiti they have no concept of like what it takes to get onto a rooftop everything's just a mystery so um it's like they'll never like because we don't talk about that kind of stuff to random people it's like a um, there's no like graffiti artist talk about how to hit spots at the Met. Yeah, and I think like what you're saying is being like let in in a sense. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, I think for for girls maybe it's a little bit different. At least like back when I was younger, because you know there was still that it was kind of like skateboarding. It's like oh like you have to prove yourself first. Like if you're a girl, you know, cause it's seen as like a dude thing. I mean, it could have just been, I was surrounded by those kind of dudes, but it would just be like me and a couple girlfriends, you know, we didn't really have like a crew or anything like that, or like gained acceptance. It wasn't until like after I started putting stuff up here in the city, then it was like, Oh, okay. Well you get accepted and not, you know, not like I'm like, oh, like, you know, uh, getting my, like, graffiti in, you know, in museums or being known for that. But it's like, I don't know, it's a different kind of acceptance. Like, now it's different because I feel like there are, like, all-girl crews or, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I just didn't, my bubble was really small back then. I didn't know. Um, yeah, I feel like there wasn't really that much of an acceptance growing up doing that. It was more of, like, I remember, like, kids in my school would just be like, oh, like, what do you know about that? Or, like, you know, just even feeling unsafe, like. See, that's interesting, though, hearing that, because I know in Fresno specifically growing up, there were 
and I don't, I can't, because I'll mess it up, but I know that there were crews, and they would put the letter Q at the end for queens, and they would have, like, like divisions with ladies. And I'm going to have to do some research to see what crews those were, but I know for a fact that there were, like, whatever, 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 Q, and it's like, oh, yeah, we the queens, and it was, yeah. <laughs> That's dope. Do you know, like, what, like what years? Because I feel like, I mean... Uh, it is you know, like late, even then, mid, I was only in mid to late 90s because, yeah, it had like so, like 96, 98 ish, kind of somewhere around there. Nice, yeah. I I know, like, now there's a lot of women doing stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, in the Bay, there's like shout out Mad Girls Crew, like, and I think they stretch out, they have like people that aren't in the Bay also part of it, but like. Mm -hmm. Just like things like that. It's like, man, I wish that's the side of me that wishes I did grow up with the internet. Cause mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like maybe would have had a little more confidence because I was like hella scared. You know, I'm like, I'm not going to go with me and my friends who are like the same size as me, right, <laughs> like going right. to the train yard, you know, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Even though like I grew up right next to the train yard, it's just like certain things. Like I felt like. Yeah. Not, not too much like I wasn't welcome in the culture, but it's just like it just wasn't fucking safe, you know? No, for sure. Yeah. And I have those I I, I have those talks, too, because of the nature of the beast. It's for ladies like, you know, guys, you you wake up three in the morning. Hey, I want to go hit a spot. I'm going to just go walk down the street and figure out something. And ladies, it's not really that easy because um, like, you know, but, weirdos no, and shit like that. Right. Yeah, but just speaking for myself, because I know there's a lot of badass women, mm -hmm. like, out there that are like, I don't care, like, I'm not going to let anyone fuck with me, you know, but where I live, there's, like, you got to walk a certain ways, like, I'm from Highway City, so it's like, you don't really want to be caught <laughs> walking around by yourself, hitting up something that's, like, in gang territory, you know, mm -hmm. so, but who knows, if I have a little girl, then I'll take her to to throw up some stuff yeah, to the spots <laughs> we'll right some safe some safe low oh, risk yeah. tagging mm -hmm. well i mean start them off on some on some legal walls hey look i'm gonna have you doing murals <laughs> by 10 you're gonna be getting paid five thousand dollar checks what's what's popping because <laughs> i think i mean like that that's this generation you know like you could totally start your kid like okay you don't need to hit the subways. You don't need to hit the billboards. All right, we're just going to get you on this mural game. Bong, bong, bong. Um, yeah. I mean, we have a lot of different options now. That, or our kids have options that we didn't have, so to speak. So, mm -mm. so now. Yeah, because it took me forever to break out like that. It's like, even if you do have the, you know, the ambition to go and ask, like, there wasn't always, like, the money that was willing to be spent like hey let me throw you like five grand to paint this wall for you know that may be up for like five years or mm -hmm. you know it's like i mean i i don't know if those opportunities were around back then but i think now like a lot of the ways i've gotten murals is like people seeing them after i post them online you know so a part of me is like man life before the internet was great but the internet has helped my career a lot too, so I can't mm -hmm. talk too much shit on it. 
<laughs> I heard that. I heard that. It's like, how could I just need to get in front of the eyeballs? Let, let me just give me a shot and then, and then let me do what it do. Oh man. So, but then it's like the other side of it too. It's like you show, you know, I know other artists that are apprehensive of putting their stuff online because, you know, maybe some artists with a bigger range or like even corporations like with like fashion and things like they just legit rip you off, you know? And that's the other end of it. It's like you could have this thing that you've been working on for so long. And um, sometimes I feel like the world's too big, but that could just be me being salty. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, well, yeah, it's definitely uh nobody wants their IP stolen. Right. Like, I mean, if it's your, intele- your intellectual property, your creations, like nobody wants to see fucking, yeah, that, that's never a good thing. Um, yeah. But then at the same time, it's like, well, what is, you know, what does it even mean? Because there's so many of us going through similar experiences, like we're bound to have overlap. So I feel like when I talk with a lot of younger artists, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, everything's been done. Like, and I, I remember being like that too. Like everything's done. Like, why am I even like painting? And it's like, I'm trying to bring something different and exciting, but you know, everything's been done but I feel like when you reflect and just like realize like oh like all you can do is like paint your own story because that's like the only thing that hasn't been done yet Mm -hmm. so you can still like overlap like color and form and all the other principles but it's like that little bit that you bring to it like it may not be a lot different but fuck it do it anyway you know and that's what I meant earlier when I was saying like taking my artwork seriously or too seriously because obviously, it, like, the dedication and time is serious in itself. But, like, being so, like, in my head to where it's a point, it's, like, debilitating. And I just don't end up making the piece I was going to make. Because I'm, like, making pros and cons lists. And just, like, giving too much of a fuck, you know? Mm. Like, that, just remembering again to, like, just paint. Because it feels good to paint. And you're a painter. And as much as I try to, like, forget that something always brings me back or, like... You know, I won't paint for a while. Like back when I was in Fresno, like I wouldn't paint for a while. And then I, you know, go through like a dramatic stage where I'm like, fuck it, I'm never painting again. Like painting's bullshit. And <laughs> it breaks your heart all the time, you know? <laughs> Being an artist is hard and no one cares. <laughs> no one cares. Um, but also that's like the joy in it, you know? So that when you get to that high point, it's like music, right? It's like tension and release. Like, you have to get to that tension point so you can release again and be like, fuck it. I'm just going to do whatever I want because I'm the only one who cares that I'm doing this shit anyway, you know? And that's, like, where the real freedom comes in. That's, like, where it starts to get fun again. Shit, man. You know what's crazy is us having this car. It's like I'm just taken back to being in your studio, going down there. You know what I'm saying? You offering a beer and us just talking and just being inspired. Like this is you got me. Yeah. You got me hype right now, homie. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm excited too because, like I said, like I don't, you know, I don't have that community here, mm-hmm. especially now because it's like COVID. Like I mean, a lot of my coworkers when I worked at a restaurant before I got laid off. You know, we're all artists when we're not at work, um, and just like you know, everyone here is an artist in their own way that I've met. But it's different when you're like a part of a collective and you're you guys are there every day talking and, and they see your pieces grow and they can 
you know, ask you about certain things while you're in the midst of making it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the good parts of like, I mean, I haven't been into too many art classes, but like the good parts of it is like when you get that critique, that's not like a judgmental critique. It's just a genuine like, I'm interested in art and I, and I want to know more about, you know, your piece from mm-hmm. artist perspective. And then, you know, it allows you that space to talk about it. Which, yeah, I've been... I mean, I have conversations with myself in my head, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not the same, you know? Yeah. I think we all have those. Like, and the, the, and that the bad thing is when you stop having those conversations, because those things are the things that propel us forward. Um, in, in our practice with art and, uh, the the direction that we might be going conceptually it's it's all of those questions and that internal dialogue yeah i agree and it's nice to have that that one-on-one time but it always comes back to like okay well i'm you know i mean unless you're trying to be a painter that doesn't show your paintings ever which i can relate to that sometimes but it's just nice to go from that that solitude. Like, this is what I think, like, just genuinely on my own. And then this is, like, me in the larger scheme of the world. Mm-hmm. Which both are comforting, you know. I feel like that's at least why I paint. Because it's like, yeah, I want to share my experience. But I also just, like, same as street arts. Like, this is proof that I was here. Like, I always think, like, okay, when I die, like, you know, what's going to be left behind? Like, what am I going to leave behind? That's mm-hmm. like tangible. You know? I guess that's like, I mean, I'm, I'm an anthropologist, so I do think about things like past, present, and future, and like just like the archaeology of stuff. It's like, it sounds kind of morbid, but it's like, okay, well, when I go and people clean out my stuff, like, what are they going to see? Mm. What's going to be, you know, when the apocalypse comes or whatever? Like, you know, when shit goes down, like, what is left of, of me? Wow. Yeah. Is it like just a a box of old photos or is it like I have some stuff here, I have some stuff there, I, you know, yeah. I touched some people, I made impact in, in some lives. Yeah, where is it really at? Oh, I got a tiny question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, get that, we gotta get that burp out, man. You like, yo, man, let me... Get this. Let me release this gas real quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that is what it is. She's like, oh, oh yeah. Fire or something. Yeah, man. He's like, that milk was fire, mom. What you been eating, man? That was. <laughs> is that kale? <laughs> no, I trained him well. I ate everything last night. He's gonna be so good. He's gonna eat everything. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, is that garlic? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. Now, oh. me and my partner always joke, we're like, man, our heart's going to be broken if he's like a picky eater. Or he's like, you know, I don't even really care for art and music. It's going to be like, no. Oh, man. Yeah, and that's, it's, but, you never know how the chips are going to fall. Yeah, that's that's right? the crazy part. But all, all I know, can- I try to remember too, it's like, I can't, like, I don't want to impose my life on him, you know? Mm-hmm. Facts. But, but for now, I'm going to bring you to the studio. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> no, it's validating, too, because I get, like, 
you know, mom guilt. I'm like, oh, I'm like doing too much for myself and I'm not, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not um, being there for him, even though he's fine. He's with his dad. He's all his needs are being met, you know. Mm -hmm. So that was like a big hurdle for me, like just like even getting into painting again, you know, having this like once in a lifetime opportunity like not only getting the studio but like being a mom it's like all right well how do i balance these two things but like when i bring him and like i'll be painting i'll look over and he's just like smiling Mm -hmm. and i'm like all right cool like yeah you know he's down with this painting like that's good well the crazy part (laughs) is 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 introducing kids to art it it gives them a leg up like his like he's he's going to be processing things differently because it's like okay i'm already used to being in a creative like it's it's crazy man because it you when you set them up for it then they're able to to really get it and like do it instead of like trying to um trying to do it later on, like getting your kid into art at 12 or whatever, like having him at the studio. And then like, next thing you know, he got crayons next thing. You, and then it's just pop, 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 you know? So yeah, man, I wish I had got like, yeah, I wish I had did it a little differently with my son. Cause he, he likes to make art and he's more of a writer, but he's not, he's like dad making paintings takes too long. So I'm, I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> But you have this too, like he knows, like okay, my dad's dog. Yeah, I mean, like is he something that he set for himself, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah free pip. Yeah, I um, think about that often. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like he's, and I'm just curious to see like where he goes with it, you know? Because my partner and I, like, we make it a point. It's like, no, it's a part of our lifestyle. It's not. Oh, this is like a hobby. This is what we do. It's like, no, this is the life we're choosing to have for our son it's Mm -hmm. just making things is like our family legacy you know and and making people smile or making things that you know are our remnants of of life like we named him uh which is like the aztec uh like god of of like music and and flowers and and poetry and art so it's like life is like hard you know but this is like the direct reflection of like what humans have made out of like the hardness. That's beautiful. Um, some people are like, what the fuck is your son's name? Like we take him to the doctor and they're like, what? <laughs> but it's like, eh, like those who, who know will get it. And mm-hmm. the rest, we don't really have to explain it. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. Cause there's going to be somebody that's like, yo, that's hard. Like they named you what? Like, oh, that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. I know some people were like, well, aren't you like worried about like when he starts school? It's like, well, the teacher's going to have to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I can't name my kid to bend over for this world. I got to name my kid to run this motherfucker. Yeah. And like, just like, it's a new time. And like, we want him to know where he comes from or know like, the people he comes from and and what like we stood for before you know we had this like european like thing put on us you know whatever you want to call it colonialism but, that there's right? more to life yeah there's like more to life than uh, than what you see you know mm-hmm. whatever you don't see in history books doesn't mean that it's not there you know? mm. so we'll see he's smiling now i'm like oh. 
no idea. Oh man, so we're we're almost at like an hour and third. We like a, a buck twenty five right now. So I don't want to soak up, you know, like too much more of your your time because I really and thoroughly appreciate you tapping into the podcast, friend. Um, oh, it's my pleasure. So, do you have any uh, any anything on your chest that you wanted to cover, or anything on your mind you wanted to cover, anything on your heart that we didn't get to? Mm, nothing that we that we didn't get to. I think just we talked about it a lot. Is like being a mom and working artist is fucking hard. <laughs> and yeah, if that's pretty much just what I'm like thinking about all the time is like how to balance it. So talking with you is like kind of just revalidated what I'm doing and that it's a good thing. And I should should go easier on myself. But yeah, everything else I feel like I don't really think about much else anymore. Like, you know, when you have a kid, it's like a lot of the bullshit melts away because you just can't yeah. be, you can't deal with it. You physically don't have the space for it. Mm-hmm. So just art and bullshit. That's, that's all I got. I got for. Art and bullshit podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Bullshit so- meaning the beauty of life. <laughs> And all the nuances of life, not actual bullshit. Right, right. So now, do you have any shout outs before we wrap this up? Mm, you know, I had some lined up and then I was like, I know if I don't write them down, I'm going to forget. Um, I'm going to shout <laughs> You hear? That's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, who am I going to shout out? I'm going to shout out, obviously, the Midway. Um. Look them up, the Midway SF on Instagram. Um, obviously, my my art partner Brenda Booker Brenda. I always got to shout her out because she's in LA now, doing stuff. Probably amazing things. Um, let's see, Junk Shop SF, my family. Um, oh, and um, my girl Devoya. She, her and her friends started a podcast um, for her Sucker Free Sunday playlist. It's Sucker Free Sunday podcast. Um, they're always talking about great music and just the salt of life. So check them out. And I already shot out Mad Girls Crew. I'm not a part of that crew, but I think they're awesome. And yeah, since it's Women's History Month, uh, shout out Radical Monarch. They're like the doper version of the Girl Scouts. Um, I think they have like on PBS is where you could find their documentary. You can find them on Instagram too. And yeah, that's it. Shout out working moms out there because this shit's hard. That's real. So where can they catch you on the web? They can find me mostly on Instagram, boo-boo underscore Adriana. Um, also boo-boo underscore Flora, which is like just a little side thing. It's not, I'm not really on that too much. Um, you can find me at alejosorondo.com. Um, but yeah, mostly on Instagram. You can DM me and you can come to San Francisco. We could get some dim sum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might have to pull up Other at some that, point. I'm like, uh, and guys, book her for a mural. Like, if you're in San Francisco and, or the Bay Area, hit this woman up and yeah, get some of that magic. <laughs> yeah, you can like hold my baby while I do it. It'll be cute. 
be a family affair. <laughs> oh man, that's great. They make this like Osprey backpack where like the baby goes on the back and there's like a little shade for the baby. It's pretty tight. Nice. Yeah, we just got him like some noise canceling headphones. I might need to get him like a little sprayers mask. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what's up. Okay, we're He's about like to... looking at me and just like, are you going to get off? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, we you. are. We're wrapping this up. <laughs> so with that, you could be anywhere on the internet, but you're here with us and we appreciate that. Catch us again next week. Same BS time, same BS channel. Once again, this some shit I just thought of y'all. Scientific fiction that's not admissible in no court of law. I'm out of here like Vladimir. James drills over and out. I told you from the dough. I told you from the get-go, you don't got to go home, but you got to go. Art and Bullshit Podcast.